Welcome to Recommissioned, a Battlestar Galactica podcast by LSG Media. Each week, we sit down to watch an episode of Battlestar Galactica. Now, I've seen them all, but my good pal Matt has only seen up to the one we are covering. And on this week's episode, we bring you Season 4, Episode 11, Sometimes a Great Notion. We can't swim out to sea. I am the exo of this ship. You are the commanding officer. How is putting a bullet in your head going to help D? It sure as frack isn't going to help all the others who are thinking about doing the same God's damn thing. And what are they going to do without the old man here to lead them? The love boat, exciting and new. Uh, what a uh, what a happy go lucky episode! What a happy episode! It's funny. Just when I thought they weren't going to be able to turn this around into one of the most hilarious and uplifting episodes of all time, <laughs> I was dead wrong. Just a slap happy, silly old time. Tell me the truth. When everybody's when oh, you saw the opening dude. credits and they did the recap and they showed D, did you get a little nervous? You know, I can't say that I did. I'm so fucking naive. That's good. That's <laughs> I good. really wish, I wish that I did. Because my in truth, once we got Shocking. to the point where she was on a date, where she was on a date with Lee again, I was like, oh, are they actually going to maybe rekindle something? Like, is that, is that going to be become her new purpose in life? Like, she could just realize like, oh, you know what? Maybe we do have something more there and we can follow that path. Nope. Nope. Holy hey, shit. Dude, man. Your brains don't go on your locker. They go in your head. Dude, she was so... And look, I know we've been like weirdos about her before, me specifically. She's so beautiful. (laughs) And she seemed so extra beautiful when she was just shining and happy and like like, like Gata said, glowing. I was like, God, she's so... I just want to hug her. And then it was just like, boom. And I was like, what? Oh, fuck. It, I mean, it, oh. I I used to think... I got mad. On my first watch. Oh, yeah. I'll tell, I'll tell, I'll, I, I got so mad. But you go ahead. Go ahead. I was just like jaw dropped. I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, no fucking way, man. I I, I, oh, I didn't see it coming. And of course, the second she does it, you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I should have seen that coming. Like the way she had been behaving, the way she had been thinking and talking. And I mean, of anybody on the beach of Earth, like she is the most strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it does make sense when you look back over it. But fuck, I never thought D was going to go out like that. Mm. Um, and man, I, if you'd asked me before this episode, I would have still <coughs> um, easily said that Ellen Ty's death was, you know, the saddest for me. And uh, now that's all awesome been fucking thrown up in the air. What the fuck? Mm. But, but now, holy shit, man, it is, is definitely replaced by D. Because, I mean, as much, I mean, I think that one of the biggest shocks about Ellen's death was that she had seemed like such an asshole for so long. And you, you kind of see this redemption with her that, and how deep the love for Saul actually ran with her. And you really start to realize it and only towards the very end and that added to its sadness. But D is just a pure hearted gold fucking person the entire time. Yep. And it is just so awful to see it, it go like this. Um, I mean, it is, it's pure tragedy, man. It, it, it's, oh God, it's just so awful. So awful. Feels so bad for her. Fuck. It's such a bummer. But and I remember thinking to myself after this episode, after I watched this episode, I remember thinking, man, kind of fuck you, show. Because it's <laughs> almost like you completely lost interest in this character after Lee. And outside of the good nature of the way she behaves 
and a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of development. This is a character that was romantically involved with Lee and on the CIC, and we couldn't do much more with her. Like I, if I reflect on the D character, I always think like maybe we could have done a little bit more with D and not let her fade into the background post divorce with Lee. Because then it's almost like she simply existed to, it's almost like she just existed as a catalyst to make Starbuck and Lee more interesting because the show was more interested in them than in Dee, which is fine because they're like more front and center, but it's almost like Dee kind of, I just feel like, I don't know, I I feel like she just didn't get a great right when it's all said and done. Right. No, I I get what you're saying. I I can see that because I mean, there, she became a lot less integral to the main storyline, um, I still think we we got some good moments with her about like you know her being able to keep her shit on you know more straight than even Starbuck at times. Sure, uh, seeing some of those those storylines, especially when they were down on you know planet side fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the oh, yeah, things she was that with I actually Billy do, too. Holy shit! Yeah, that's right. That's, that's fucking right. right. She lost Billy. She lost Billy. Hmm. Ugh. But um, one of the things I do like about her kind of having. In a sense, I mean, like, I'll say it this way. I don't like that she faded into the background at all. Or, I mean, because I don't think she was ever completely backgrounded, but you're right, though. But like, then she again, was she was never completely on. front and center either. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm overthinking it. But the thing, but the thing I would say that I, that I actually like about it is that it really does hammer home the fact that sometimes, and I think this is true, that people have their, their reason to live might be a singular thing. Like, you know, she didn't have Lee anymore. She didn't have the relationship. She didn't have this or that. Billy's gone. Like, I think her family's gone. Her friends are gone. (laughs) Exactly. And it's like, and she was always a very religious, faithful person. And you really, this episode hammers home the fact that like that element, that her faith and, and faith in not just her religion, but the prophecy and earth itself was her reason to live. And like, once that's gone, she she spun off like that was it like mm-hmm. and i i think that's actually fairly realistic there are people right. who it's like they have their singular reason and if that really did go away they they probably would just be like i'm done i don't want it um yeah, and that's, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's 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 powerful i mean it's sad and it's awful but I, I think there is there's some reality to that there is too and the and the sad thing is is you can never really talk sense into into that particular person i'm not going to claim to be some kind of psychologist cuz i'm not but i always feel like if if D's sole reason was to, to get to Earth and start this new home, I almost feel like if somebody could have just pulled her aside and intervened and said, like, home is here where these people are that you care about. Who gives a fuck about Earth? It's gone. We'll find another planet. There's a million planets out here. And and right. we can hide. Like right. if we pick a random planet in the middle of this in the middle of the universe, the chance of the other silence finding us if it's not Earth is fucking slim to none. Like yeah. I almost feel like it's it's funny because I know what the episode's supposed to be saying, but at the same time I'm also like, well, fuck it, like fuck Earth. It's you know, if go to a place right. where you know you'll never be found, you'll find a class M world somewhere. You know, well, you see, I think that's that's just it. I think people like me and you, that's that's our perspective because that'd be my perspective too. I'd be like, well, fuck it then, let's go find another place that can support life. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for somebody like D, who has that kind of, the kind of faith she has, I mean. For one, like I think that's a, just a kind of person who has faith in the universe having order, and like that there will be sure. that Earth is. It, 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 it's not just that it's a planet that can support life and that we know its name. It's that it is Earth. It is. It has a, a, a symbolic like meaning to her, and it's like you know it's so much more important than just a pl- uh, a place that can sustain human life. Right. It has this like it was put there by God for us. Um, and the fact that that's ruined, I think, 
it, it shakes her faith in like existence. I agree. <laughs> like yeah. it, it, it's like a symbol of her whole like view of reality. Um, right. Whereas like, I don't know for some, somebody like me, I'm like, yeah, it's all fucking random chaos. <laughs> it's fine. It's like, just find another place that, that supports life. Who cares? But I think for certain people like that, that really just, I mean, they center their, their existence around stuff. I like totally that. agree with you. I was just, I, I, yeah. and I'm not saying she's thinking incorrectly. I'm just saying it would be cool if no. somebody could have interjected and just said, listen, just giving her that new hope. Yeah, somebody, but it was just too quick. It happened so fast. But you know, it's funny. I think about the notion of Earth, sometimes a great notion. <clears throat> and I wonder to myself, Earth only really got entered into the equation when they realized they had no plates or, or they thought they had no place left to go, right? So it, like they, yeah. it was almost like this is our new home, not that they were even returning to their homes. It was like, this is our new home that we're going to find. And sometimes I forget about that when I'm watching this. I'm like, it it was it seemed like the the like this sacred place that was some place they could flee to that would be a new home but it would never be their old home cuz their old homes have been destroyed so in the context yeah. of searching for a new home there's the very pragmatic part of me that goes well and then just find a new home then one that hasn't been devastated <laughs> right. by nuclear weapons but um but to, to your point we see what this does to the morale of everyone um, what a, what a scene of everyone on the beach when we open! It's so powerful. The music is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, this this whole episode, I I didn't think they could they could top the the last episode with this, but I would describe it as maybe the most. I still wouldn't say it's my personal favorite episode. I mean, it's just God damn, it's such a bummer. It's just hard to love, even though it's a very very well made, excellent episode. But it it may be the most cinematic episode of them all. Like. Just some of the shots of these uh, of the characters on their own, Saul looking out at the ocean, and it's it's boy, it is it's a bummer from from shot one, but damn, is it is it so like devastatingly beautiful? It's so sad, compelling, right? I'm glad you like right. it. I'm glad you like it I because really a like lot it. happens yeah. in this episode, and this is kind of a watershed moment for viewers of the series because. Dee's death culminates with this discussion about Ellen possibly being the fifth Cylon, which culminates with um, what the fuck is Starbuck? You know, all of this stuff, Yeah, it was huge. Like, I remember this being a major topic of discussion when the show aired. And God, had uh, if, only, if only this aired in the time of social media, you know? Oh, Although, people's heads would have exploded, yeah. Yeah, um, but, but there's so much going on here. And we, and we just see... It's funny, we get this great moment with Athena and uh, Hilo and um, Hera, and they're all playing and having yeah. fun, and D seems like totally cool, like laughing, having a, a good time. But but when we're when we're focusing all this attention on D, we're like, oh my god, you know, it's it's this is scary. But so much of what happens in this episode is this collective feeling, and we talked about this last week, I believe. It's very rare that the humans and the Cylons together have ever felt the same thing collectively. Right. Like a, a sense of despair. Right. Which is interesting because it, it is, it does act as a, as sort of a bonding agent, you know, sociological or, or, or psychologically speaking, right? Because we're all feeling yeah. the same thing together. It immediately makes us all go, well, we're kind of all in this together. It, it's Everyone's working together. Everyone's right. uncovering the bones and going, holy shit, what happened here? What's this odd well, Cylon? giving each other... Head? Yeah. Oh, man. what? A, that's another massive thing. There are so many big twists and revelations in this episode that that 
of all things, that one kind of just goes by. And like, I mean, it's even, it's pretty much implied that they keep it secret from the crew, like from like the rest of the fleet. Like they don't make an announcement about that. They, I mean, they obviously tell the truth about the state of earth and that it's, you know, unlivable. We're going to have to leave, but they don't say that. Yeah. The 13th tribe was actually fucking silence. <laughs> like that seems like uh, some top secret level shit for them because they're not sure how everybody is going to handle that. But that is, that's such a massive for sure revelation as well and i'm like i'm still piecing that one together but i also oh man there's so much i want to get to about uh, even just kind of the nature of the final five like god it's it's so fascinating so much happens in this episode man yeah man it's uh the nature of the final five how does it relate to the idea that the 13th tribe is apparently cylons i mean that's that's something that dr baltar says by the way did you notice that I called him Dr. Baltar? It was reflexive because of his cute little doctor's outfit that he put back on. <laughs> the bad boy's back at it. He's back at he's, it. I mean, they even, he scans the water and he's like, it's, it is indeed, you know, radiation. Tell them not to eat anything. And they're like, Dr. Baltar confirmed it. I'm like, yeah, that's right. He's <laughs> back. You all respect that fucking brain. I love it, dude. I love it. <laughs> but um, when they return from, to the fleet, the shit with, oh, I mean, Roslyn is just crushed. It, uh, I love the choice for her to say literally nothing. Mm-hmm. Like not even, like I had this thought of like, she was going to at least say something like it's dead or, you know, it's gone or something. Like she'd say nothing. the fact that she even tries to kind of talk and it just kind of just turns into a, a breath. And then she just kind of turns to Bill and it's like, just get me out of here. Like, I don't even want to, I don't even want to try to say anything. I'm fucking done, broken. Um, and I, I think, you know, I think Rosalind is another variation of a person like D where their reason to live, you know, she, she so personally identified with the prophecy and what it meant for her. You know, she's the leader and she's supposed to take them to earth. She's the dying leader who will lead, you know, the people to their new home. And it's just, it's all for nothing. Like there it is. You made it and it's all ruined. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, to, before we go too far into it, I mean, I just want to say like, I personally fucking love, that the central mission of the show has been, has already been thrown on its head. Me too. Like it, it was the central premise of, well, if nothing else, you know, we are, our, our bedraggled human survivors. We will pursue earth. This is our, our goal is, you know, how many shows exist with the backbone of a singular mission like that? And maybe they never get there or, you know, the last episode is them, you know, on their way to the thing, but we never quite see it. And it implies they're going to get there. Happy ending. Hooray. But I can't think of any other show that has ever had such a central target from essentially the miniseries on and we get there and it's ruined and you just, you're left with, well, now what? Like it kind of leaves you in that same feeling as the characters. I think, I think it's great of, of, well, this has been the premise of the, the entire show so far that we've been racing against our enemies to get here. And now there's nothing. Now what? Pick up the pieces. Like, I love that. I love the, 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 the mystery and, and honestly just the, the ambiguity of, the, that mission is over, but the show isn't. So what will it be now? That's I great. Agree. Like, I love that. I love that anxiety. That's a good anxiety in storytelling to me. Like, I, I fully embrace it. It's also, it also, it almost kind of makes sense because nothing will ever, will ever live up to it if it is what they want it to be. Then it's just like, what does that mean from a story point of view? It's it, over. Like, all, all you could show them is being happy at seeing a bountiful earth and then fade to black. Right. Like, what else can you do with that? Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. It. But, um, you know, this leads to a lot of questions. Originally, they thought, well, we found this centurion head amongst all these bones. So these humans made Cylons. The Cylons rose up and killed them. 
And they're like, yep, that makes sense. And they're like, well, no, not exactly. Because every bone we checked was Cylon, which means these people were Cylon. And they just say, point blank, the 13th tribe was Cylon. I think Gaius says it. And Rosalind's like, what the fuck? Her face is priceless when, when that's being said. The 13th tribe, the tribe of Cylons, came to this planet and called it Earth. I love that idea. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, it's so, oh, it's so fucking good. Um, and I mean, it, it also, to me, like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to make sure I have some of the mythology, right? I'm afraid to go back and look it up and, and run into spoilers. But, like, don't they also believe that the 12 other tribes descended from that tribe? Or no, did that tribe break off? I'm trying to remember. Um. What, I do will, you remember I, that? Yeah, I do. Let me pull it up for you, though, because it'll be easier. Um, just just to make it make more sense without seeing if I, seeing if I can avoid. Um, <laughs> they left Cobalt in search of a new home and settled on the current world, right? Yes. So that's kind of what it was. Cobalt. Remember Cobalt? Yeah. So yeah. the 12 tribes left Cobalt in search of a new home and settled the current worlds, which were, of course, Ares... Or Erlon, Aquaria, Canceron, Caprica, Geminon, um, Leonis, Libran, Picon, Sagittarion, Scorpia, Tauron, and Virgon, essentially the astrological signs. And then the legend was that there was a 13th tribe that also left Kobol and found Earth. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, so damn. Okay, so that the legend almost implies that the the 13th tribe was, you know, they were Cylons and they were, I guess, known amongst the other 12 or lived... You know, I don't think it's implied that the thirteenth. I think that I think based on everyone's reaction in the room, that 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 mystery, that mystery, that 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 they believe that the thirteenth tribe was indeed human. Well, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm like the new revelation now. I'm like, to me, I'm like, is does that possibly imply that those ancient humans and Cylons coexisted for a while before breaking apart? You know, and because I mean, all the tribes went in different directions, so. Well, like, yeah, I, I guess I guess so if you're saying like if you go to the beginning of the time that there was a thirteenth tribe, in, in other words, they all once upon a time coexisted on Kobol, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. That, but there, the thirteenth tribe was more legend. Yeah, exactly. It journeyed apart from the others and is rumored to have settled on a world called Earth, right? But uh, and it, what that also implies, which gets so confusing, but it's also interesting, is that the current. Cylons, like literally, like the Laobans, the you know the, the models that we are looking at, they are they can't be descended from these Cylons because the humans of the twelve colonies invented their own Cylons, right? Well, so this is so this is where more is going to be revealed as far as Cylon origins go ah, and the okay. origins of the five, because all yes, of now that ooh, yeah, all yeah. of that's th- these th- it will be answered, I promise. You will get okay. answers, even if some of them are vague and some of them are not. But um, I, I dare not get too much into that. All you need to know is what we know as of now is this. We know that there were 12 tribes that departed for the 12 worlds that we know that were attacked by the Cylons. And that there was the rumor of a 13th tribe, a legend, that settled the planet called Earth. The assumption was that the 13th tribe was also human. Now, there was the Cylons were created by man. It started the first Cylon War, an armistice was reached, and then 40 years pass where they're supposed to meet at this armistice station to continue to re-up this treaty. Every year, the colonials would send somebody, the humans would send, uh, the Cylons would send nobody. And then one day, Six walks in, and thus we have the beginning of the miniseries when the tribes are attacked. 
And that's when everyone goes, holy shit, they look like us now. That's crazy. They've evolved. They look like humans. This is crazy. We've never seen this before after not seeing them for 40 years. So the assumption was that in the course of 40 years, they figured out a way to infiltrate humanity with quote unquote skin jobs. Then we introduce a new mythos, which is the final five. Now the final five gets complicated because only Deanna knew the, the identity of the final five. They had mystery. Cavill thought one way about it. They all had their own different opinions on what that may mean. And we didn't know, we as the viewers didn't know much about it because we just found out who they were not super long ago. Other than right. the fifth hasn't been revealed, although we're now speculating as to who the fifth might be based on this particular episode this week, right? Yeah, I mean, it seems pretty fucking confirmed by the It does. There, now, now I mean, outside of Ellen, if we talk about the four, what's interesting about the four is that... We also, to, to, to throw into the mix all of the confusion mythology, we have all of the stuff with all the shit Leoben said. This has all happened before, this will happen again, although he does say he feels he's wrong now, which is very interesting because he was dogmatic. It, dogmatic. It really is. Yeah. Yep. Oh, like, to, to well, dive into that for a second. Well, go ahead. No, we'll, get, we'll come back to Leoben. So hold, hold, hold your hat on Leoben because we can talk about it. Sure. Um, and, then you have, and then you have this idea that okay, well, if Salons just figured out how to infiltrate humanity 40 years ago, wouldn't that preclude anybody being 40 years or older out of the Cylon hierarchy unless they are, unless they've, as far as people who infiltrated the fleet? Like, you could make somebody look older, like Cavill right. or, or or even Leoben's probably late 30s, but you would say, you would say, well, clearly Ty can't be a Cylon because he would have had to have been a Cylon before the first Cylon War. Before the, before right, the 40 right. year point, right? So now you have a contradiction. So all of the evidence that we have, we have, but now we have a contradiction, which starts to put us into, okay, this means something different on a different, I'm not saying time travel or timelines, but something is up here. What is, how old are these final five, right? Have, have they, do they know all along? Are they going to be revealed? Were they, did they have their memory wiped? a millennia ago. Who knows? So it starts to get weird when you start to introduce contradictions in the established paradigm of what the show is saying. And a lot of this stuff is going to start coming up from now to the end of the uh, end of the show. So that's all I want to say without kind of giving anything away. And hopefully I didn't right. tip my hat to any clues or anything, but that's kind of all, all <laughs> we know. And then you got all the religious stuff. You have Pythia and the dying leader will lead us to a new world, right? Maybe not Earth. Maybe maybe the scripture's not exactly accurate, right? So there right. you go. Right. Oh man, so fucking much. But yeah, like of all fucking of all people, Leoben in this episode almost surprised me the most as far as his reactions to things. Totally. Because I, I I kept being like, well, he should be the least surprised as far as like well, the cyclical nature of these things, and even like you know the idea that the Thirteenth Tribe was Cylons, and you know maybe they spawned off their own creation that came back on them. I'm like oh, I really kind of see what he was saying. This has all happened before. It will happen again. It happens in this cyclical way. And he seemed to be like, oh, I have no idea. I don't, I don't, I don't, I guess I was wrong about everything. And I was like, wait, what? I thought this shit was proving you right. Right. Um, so yeah, I have, I have no fucking idea what to so, think about Leoben two anymore. things. I want to talk about Leoben and I want to get back to the, to, the, to the remains that were discovered on the planet because I think there's a lot of interesting stuff there and, and possible clues. Um, but the stuff with Leoben is interesting because he's always been so 
precise and so confident in what he believes. He's always been very unshakable. He's had a very strong will, right? And to see him sort of backing away in fear and saying, I don't understand. I don't, I don't think I'm right anymore. It, even though he hasn't been a huge force in the show, it, it makes me as a viewer go, fuck, that matters. Because of all people, yeah. you can't question, maybe outside of head six, you cannot question anyone's faith in this show named Leoben. Like it's always been, he's been so confident in it. Now, there was also the idea of he is also super duplicitous. Is he being deceptive? Is he, He's very confusing. His whole thing was to sow confusion within the fleet, right? He called at one yeah. point Adama Asylon. We know that that's not true. That's right. I forgot about right? that shit. So, but he did all, he, he said, you know, you see the truths floating past you in the stream. He talked about, he talked to Starbuck a lot. There was a lot of discussion with Starbuck about death. Very interesting that this is coming back now, all these episodes later. <laughs> Pretty true. awesome. But, uh, but the remains. So if the 13th tribe is human, according to what they're saying, and there's- Or is silent. I'm sorry, that's what I meant. They, 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 they is human. Trust me, that's not a, that's not a Freudian slip. If the thirteenth tribe is Cylon, according to what everyone's saying in the test they've done from four different sites, and there's a centurion head amongst the bones, mm-hmm. what do you think happened? This is where I want you to do some thinking. <sighs> yeah, I've been thinking about this, and I'm still, I'm still undecided. I mean, <clears throat> there's a part of me that thinks that Cylons. Oh fuck! Like maybe, maybe invented human beings. I like, like it. There's a there's a part of me that wonders that. Of like, did it really go back as far as like the Cylons or the actually original like species? Um, or maybe they were you know maybe back even before a time that they were calling before they were ever calling themselves Cylons. They were you know a race of people who sought immortality and got it. Like they they got there and they made themselves into something else. And, well, and without and, without getting without making the show too confusing and introducing a new type of right. being this late in the program, let's assume for yeah. the minute that I ju- what I just told you is there's there's twelve tribes they left Earth they were human then there was a thirteenth tribe thought to be human that went and found Earth but we're finding out now that maybe the thirteenth tribe was in fact Cylon right what an interesting concept Ugh. which means that yeah the twelve didn't know they were Cylons for sure they were all on Cobol right. And then they get here, and we see that their society was consumed by nuclear war. Right, right. Maybe they were destroyed by the humans. Like Which one? Retribution. I don't know. Um, but that it, it makes me wonder about the human Cylon like animosity. Like, does it go back way further than we thought? That there was some that maybe the twelve. Like, why did you know the twelve tribes of humans that we know were humans all found you know these 12 planets and stayed in contact with one another. And like our, our you yeah, know, they had a whole, they had their own society. societies. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Yeah. They were their own distinct societies, but they still had like a, there was like a confederation of planets in a yeah, way. They did battle sometimes, um, but they battled each other for sure. But it's like, they were still in contact. They were in each other's like existence. And the 13th are the only ones to just go way off and completely cut themselves off. And I mean, it makes me go, well, was there an animosity between them already between the 12 colonies and the 13th? that has been buried and has is like become a mystery over time. And that those, those ancient humans of the 12 colonies actually destroyed them or tried to, I don't know. It, 
Oh man, it's you, so you would much. think that that would be in history recorded, though, right? You'd think because because what we have, if you take the thirteenth tribe that's separate, we already know that there's a Cylon war between the twelve tribes and the Cylons that the twelve tribes created, and then we have a Cylon tribe on their own world, and even six is like this isn't one of our models. Yeah, that's a yeah. huge well, also, huge shit. clue. Well, you know what it makes me also wonder is what if like Cylon human hybrids were just more of a thing then. Like that was commonplace that like maybe these aren't just maybe they're detecting that these are Cylons because there's Cylon. I don't know what you're going to call it DNA in there, but it's not the only part of it. I mean, we've, we've, that was such a big focus of the series for a while was the human Cylon hybrid in Hera. And that's almost, it's funny how that's almost not, I wouldn't say irrelevant, but it's become just like accepted. Like it's like, well, yeah, it's, it's pretty wild considering it's a, a totally unique organism. Totally, right. but but it makes me wonder if maybe it, they she's not as unique as we thought. That maybe there were you know maybe that's a big part of what the thirteenth tribe was that it was humans and Cylons interbreeding. It's possible. Ugh. It's possible. There's a hidden group of humans that existed with the thirteenth tribe, but that's not what the legend says, and it doesn't yeah. seem to yeah. be evidenced by way of what we're seeing in the remains on the planet. It just becomes very interesting. Yeah. The thirteenth tribe is very interesting. Because the fate, oh, because so because what do we see? A fucking war torn world. Yeah, just pretty pretty, pretty intense. Right. A lot of questions, um, of which I I won't push too much on because I do know some of the answers, and I don't want to fuck this whole thing up. And I don't fucking know none of. Well, them. fucking a. let's let's get Clueless. to a couple of things with all the stuff we've been discussing. It, it keeping I, I want you to keep in mind the next couple of scenes we're going to talk about because I'm going to see if 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 you start to formulate some more theories. So two things I want to talk about as it relates to this whole thing. I want to talk about Glenn Tyrrell's vision, and I want to talk about Saul Ty's vision. Ooh, all right. There's <clears throat> there's specifically. Yep, because those are the ones we see. No one else has any visions. That is true. Yeah, you don't see Tories, if she even has Dude, Tyrrell's vision. <laughs> Talk to me. Uh, for one, I just love the lead up to it of him <sighs> walking over, lining his shadow up with like the blast shadow of himself Dude, against the wall. Nuclear that shadows is- are fucking creepy as shit oh my god it's terrifying. they're so haunting have you ever seen them in hiroshima yeah yeah they're well, so they're- scared they're that is the creepiest thing i've ever seen you, you yeah. see them with no, like a lot yeah. of objects you know yeah yeah like against walls against that i mean oh it actually reminds me of the purge which is uh, for one a japanese horror movie it's probably no mistake but where when you see dead people and when you see ghosts they emerge out of these shadows in the shapes of people on the wall uh and it's so fucking yeah, it's but because dude, the yeah, blast this, is so hot that it burns the fucking, the, the, it burns the stone around them. Right. Because right. it's so instantaneous, Ugh. man. That is such a creepy idea. Vaporized, so man. Vaporized. But yeah, Tyrrell's, Tyrrell's is so quick. I love I mean, it. all we get, I've, we get I've a watched glimpse it 20 of him. times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, all we see is him on a place that fucking, for one, seems like earth like uh you know i mean our earth you know in the in the way that we know it you know he's walking among some fruit vendors looking at flowers you know holding up i think an avocado asking if it's fresh and then boom there's the the flash and that's that it's like fucking terminator 2 yep. yeah and that's, i think that's it all he goes has. without that's saying that i think it goes without saying that his vision related to the shadow he's seeing probably is relevant to the planet he's on wait what do you mean well I mean, what do you, do you think he's envisioning this on another planet? Oh, no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, I just think it's interesting that the little glimpse we get, or the, well, I guess two glimpses we get of 
of them in the past on Earth, it really looks like our own actual modern day Earth. Like the like, like the le- it, it, like the one that legend said existed, right? Well, yeah, but I'm saying like it almost looks like it's just you know they're in San Francisco in 2018. You know, <laughs> like it just looks like sure, our sure. time. There's there's nothing ancient about it, right? Um, and and that's that. And he he, it he has this, this breaks him out. <laughs> Right, right. And, you know, he just collapses and stays against the wall and, uh, you know, eventually ends up uh, talking to Andrew saying, I, I lived here. Right. And that's all what he knows. It, it's it's interesting. Oh, man. I, I, I feel so fucking clueless <laughs> when it comes to, like, the situation of the, the final five and their mm-hmm. existence. And have they been continuously alive for 2000 years or had mm, they died and then been reincarnated mm, uh, as you know as Cylons do you know later on mm, uh, yeah, all interesting I, questions I, I just have I like yeah, where your head's all at all I have is questions I like where your yeah. head's at because we're only seeing visions from them being down on the planet right nobody else right because Very they wild. actually remember being there dude now you're talking yeah. that's fucking I mean oh, I definitely wild. believe that it's insane. It's totally insane. Um, but if I had to, if I, you know, gun to my head on like poor D, uh, RIP, uh, gun to my head, if I had to just go with like my theory right now and say like, well, what do you think it is? What do you think they are? I would say, okay, well, the, they're the, the final five Cylons lived on earth um, and were the first Cylons to find out how to resurrect. Like, I mean, that's, that's what I this episode it. seems like like it comes back to with Ellen. I mean, she's, she, to jump all the way to the literal very end when we get Saul's vision where he, mm, you know, very good. is in the midst of the, the attack uh, and, and you know, he finds Ellen, she's dying and she's reassuring him saying, it's okay. Everything's in place. We'll be reborn again. We'll be together again with total confidence. Total not in confidence. some like dreamy, like not, yeah, like not some dreamy, like in the afterlife, my love, like, no, we'll be back. Like, this is fine. Like <laughs> we're going to be alive again very soon. That sounds familiar, doesn't um, it? Doesn't it sound like how the how that's sort of how the Salons used to feel? <laughs> True. Like doesn't Back matter. We're going to resurrect. Fucking, yeah. <laughs> so with, yeah. so a, a couple observations you're making that I'm 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 not trying to make any spoilers. I just want to I want to continuously sort of feed you a little bit because it's fun because you're because you're on the right track of information. I just like the way you're doing it. So I still feel like a naked shivering baby bird with its eyes closed though. So. Just, ah, ah! So Saltai doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. That's obvious, right? For Anders sure. is like, I, yeah. I played this guitar. I know this song. Glenn Tiro's like, I lived here. And now if, if Ellen is in fact the fifth and final Cylon, then she has an awareness about her that these four don't, right? Right. Because, because we know Saul's a Cylon, right? It's already been discussed. He's a final five. But in this moment of doubt, when this place was being destroyed and the same goes for Tiro, he was like, what the fuck, right? That's a good point. Yeah, I didn't think about think that. Think about that. The fact that Tyrrell is surprised. Surprised. Um, she's ties like, we got to get the fuck out of here. She's like, no, it's fine. It, it would make sense that the fifth Cylon knows something the other four don't. <laughs> That's true. But because, because we, I mean, we've been talking about that of how much like the final five Cylons, which we only have known the final four so far, have been fucking clueless. Like, it's like, it's not like they're in on the grand Cylon conspiracy. They seem totally fucking clueless to everything. Right. Um, and only now are they starting to get glimpses of, oh, yeah, we, we used to live in the past. Correct. Yep. And, um, oh, man. yeah, there was, um, 
again, we go back to not one of our models. I, I think that's such a, an, such a great line because it makes you go, whoa. Right, right. Like this is something beyond our, you know, in a sense, our Cylons, like the, the, the contemporary Cylons. Like this is not their doing. That's for sure. sure. Um, well, Oh, what man. do you, what do you, so if we go back to everything we talked about, the, the original 12 and then the 13th colony, do you think there's any relationship between the 13th colony and the final five? Oh, well, well yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's obvious that they lived there. The final five lived, you know, amongst uh, the other, you know, residents of the 13th tribe on earth. They were there. Perfect. So here's what we know now. We know that these Cylons were, part of the 13th tribe these final ones but the but the ones that battled the humans are not interesting right wait say that again the, the these final five cylons we know we're confirming based on the visions of earth are part of the 13th tribe right well, yeah definitely. of course which means millennia ago or whenever it was when all of the tribes departed kobol in search of new homes that these final Cylons are probably pretty fucking old and aren't entirely related to the Cylons created by humans. Yes, exactly. Yes. Interesting, man. That's fucking cool, right? Right. Right. That's cool. Because, I mean, they're, they are, they're distinct from the, the Cylons that we've known for the whole series. Right. Basically. Right. And that's why they had such mystique about them when it, when it related to, like, Deanna. She's like, oh, my God. Like, she couldn't believe it. She didn't. Because clearly it's not part of their plan because you're not from the same fucking area. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. If humans created the Cylons 40 years ago or, 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 or however many years ago and then the first Cylon War happened and then 40 years later they can look like fucking people, we know that Saul and the rest of them predate that very far, which starts to answer some of the questions about you can only be, you know, about, about your age in the Cylon universe, right? Yeah. So- now, one one little trickiness to the math that I, I noticed, it is brought up in that like opening, you know, uh, previously on Battlestar montage, where we have the the priestess saying thirty six hundred years ago the tribe, the thirteenth tribe, left and founded Earth, and we're finding out that it was nuked two thousand years ago. Fucking crazy. So, but that does mean they lived there for around fifteen hundred years, right? Like they, they, you know, founded earth and were there for well over a thousand years and then it was destroyed. Yes. Um, so it makes me wonder, I'm like, I, I mean, I, I don't think that these final five Cylons were among the literal original settlers of earth. Yeah. Um, they were probably, you know, multiple generations, you know, having been born there or created or what the fuck ever they are. What also brings back an interesting wrinkle into this whole thing is why did Deanna get boxed? Because she was going to reveal the face. Because Cavill didn't like her obsession with the final five. Yeah, and she and she didn't she or she said she knew what they looked like at that point. She she could expose mm-hmm. who they were, and that's when he was yep. like, "Okay, that's the final fucking straw." Yep, you're done. Yep. So it makes me wonder what the final five mean to Cavill. Now you're talking, because remember, Cavill is still the enemy. He is the, he. These Cylons that are with us now, and I don't mean the final five, are rebels, and they are his enemy. And isn't Dude, wait a minute. Isn't Cavill one? They call, they him, call one, him one, right? Matthew. Motherfucker. I'm starting to see. <laughs> my, oh, it's, oh, let me rub it. Oh, rub the, the, the boogers out of my <laughs> eyes. Oh, shit. He's old. <laughs> <laughs> he's old like Saul. And he's called number one. 
Like he's a Bond villain. Fuck, it's there. <laughs> anyway, I just thought it'd be fun to kind of take all of the knowledge and the facts that we have up to this point in the show and just discuss them a little bit just to kind of orientate you because it is a little bit disorientating, right? Oh, it is. Yeah, we've been talking about the show for 10 years now. <laughs> and, you know, I looked, I looked, remember. our first official release was 2017, but I know we started before that. <laughs> I think we started in 2015. I think we've been recording the show for five years. I do. I know. I think it's been more like three and a half. All right. right, Fair enough. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Come on. Don't make me feel that bad about myself. I was like, we suck at this, but sure. Oh, fuck. I just, I just love, I see, I know a lot of people who are like hated this shit. I'm like, I fucking love this shit. Hate, wait, really? Like this episode? Dude, the reveals. They were like, what? What the hell? All right. So we've talked about all of this shit. Okay. That thick. We should probably talk about Starbuck. Yeah. And dude, not going to lie, I feel even more clueless there. I'm like, fuck if I know. Whoops. Um, Can I tell you what I thought this far in the episode, uh, this far in the season before spoilers? When you did first seen it, yeah. I said to myself, holy fucking shit, this person is like a fucking demigod. (laughs) God, I, dude, because yeah, I was like, I mean, listen, she, she, she appears to have died. She's come back. She's been brought back like a fucking angel. Like I, I was like, dude, Starbuck yeah. is a fucking angel. Harbinger of death. Right. Baby. A harbinger, a harbinger of death doesn't mean, I mean, yes, <laughs> yes. Har, harbinger of death. I get it. But I was also like, well, all that means is that, <sighs> break it down. Break down Harbinger of Death, right? Well, I mean, I, I, I think of that, and this may not equal this in any way, shape, or form, but I still think of it like the idea of the angel of death. Like, that is that is a a revered, you know, position when you think about, like, the mythology of angels. Yes. That's not just, like, like we have such this, uh, the modern idea of death is, like, it's its own thing, and it's not it's not personified, and death is just a thing that happens to us. But like in ancient religious mythos, like death is a, is a character. It's a thing. It's a it's a revered you know part of of heaven or hell, however you want to look at it. But it's a it's an immortal being as well. Yep. Um, and that made me think about and like the, especially the fact that when one of the few times where Leoben actually kind of responds to her because he's mostly being like, "Well, do you have an answer to this? Do you understand this? Like, what the, what the fuck?" And he's just like you know stumbling over it all himself or just in stunned silence. And then when she finally goes, you know, your hybrid told me I was the harbinger of death. And he goes, she said that to you as he like backs away from her. Like that, that means something to him, even though he's not saying what. Correct. Now, harbingers of death don't, they, they're not a harbinger. It's often confused that a harbinger of death typically means something like they bring death, but they don't. They just, um, they just get drawn to it, so to speak. Right. And what is she drawn to? Her own death. Right. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> but the fact that she's still there is really wild. Um, and it made me go, yeah. Starbuck is a fucking angel, dude. She's a guardian angel that's going to protect the fleet. That that was my obsession, dude. And I said, think about her obsession with like Artemis and like the hunter and the deities and the gods of fucking protection and shit. I mean, she would kiss those little statues going into battle or going to bed at night that she lived another day. I don't know. I was like, right. that, that's got to be what it is. She's some kind of fucking like spirit from beyond. I do think she must have some 
like immortal quality. Uh, that like she is a reincarnation of something. Just think about all the shit she's been through and not died. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, because uh, what's interesting is I, that plane has been there for how fucking long? Well, now see, now that that I'm I'm less sure of because if we take it, well, I now we're okay. Now, okay, yes, she says she found Earth, but where, when she exploded, she was going through the black hole. She's right? going through like the eye, the fucking eye of Jupiter or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Um, I guess that, yeah, I guess that wasn't like a black hole. Yeah. No, oh, fuck. Yep. 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 I don't fucking know, Dude, man. It, oh, fuck. Now, see, now to this, this to me seems a little more like time paradoxical. Sure. Like, where I'm like, I, I, is time travel going to come into, into, into play here? <laughs> because I mean, even if there's no way that this was like a part of the 13th colony, like that she is finding that like, no, like this is something separate and distinct from that. It is colonial technology that she could pick up on her own sensor. Uh, that, and the, the battery was still working. Yep. So it's definitely not ancient, but who knows how long. I mean, been. it gets back to almost literally what they say in the episode. If, if she's like, if that's me lying in there, then what am I? And that's when she's like, I guess I'm the harbinger of death. Right. It's fucking wacky to, um, wacky to sort of bury oh, yourself yeah. right oh yeah no that oh, that whole sequence it, again so fucking cinematic watching her build her own funeral pyre mm-hmm. <laughs> and burn herself uh it's such a great shot like i love that shot of starbucks sitting there on you know to the left of the frame just watching her her own corpse burn yeah dude oh that's so intense so crazy Yep. This episode's so fucking wild, it's man. Like I, I'm wild, still dude. wrapping my mind around it. It's it's it might be the as far as like digging into the concepts of the show and being mind bending. This is this is up there. This is maybe the most mind fuckery episode of them all. Yeah. Ah, uh, it's so good though. <laughs> oh, fuck. What what else? What else we got to talk about? And there's so much here. So much here, brother. Um. Well, that's a lot of the plotting stuff, right? We got right. some character stuff to talk about. Oh, yes, we do. Bill I mean, Adama. Everyone's devastated. Fucking Jesus. Poor Bill. Bill. Bill Adama. Ooh. Takes it all pretty fucking hard. I mean, D's death he takes spectacularly roughly. Oh, yeah. Um, Not good. Maybe the most out of character, but in a good way. And I mean this in a good I sense. Know what you mean. Like, the most out of character moment that I've ever seen with Bill is when when he's in the morgue with Lee as they're standing over, over Dee's body. And, and Lee's actually going like, I saw joy in her eyes. Mm-hmm. Why would she do that? And he's just like, I don't fracking know. Yeah. Like kind of almost laughing where he's just like, I'm completely fucking clueless in this. Um, and that, that seems, uh, that is so unlike him. And that's why that, I think that's why that moment has a lot of power. Yeah, man. Is that he seems not himself anymore. Like he's, he's, you know, when he watched Watching Roslyn uh, burn the the Book of Pythia, and then her also just telling him to leave, like that she wants nothing to do with him, that he just needs to go away, uh, and then D just offing herself out of nowhere, like he, uh, you can tell he's got no ground left to stand on. Right, pretty wild, dude. So let's talk about. Um, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of when he looked down at um, when he looked down at Boomer and said, "Why." Like wanting to know yeah. why she shot him. Fucking awesome scene. But um, let's have a listen to some uh, discussion, discussion, some friendly discussion between him and Saltai. Let's cue it up. Oh, please. <laughs> Let me see if I can grab it here one second. Here we go. Bill, I am so sorry that I didn't have the guts to tell you. Guts. I first found out. Frack you. He fucking growls at him. 
got no guts. You're a fracking machine. Nice. Is that how it worked? They programmed you to be my friend. Emulate all the qualities I respect. <laughs> Tell me jokes. And laugh at them. <laughs> I was your friend because I chose to be. I wanted to be. Oh boy. Helen uh, uh, was smarter than I gave her credit for. Don't go there, Bill. Smarter than me. She knew from the beginning that there was something wrong with you. <laughs> what? That's why she went around fracking half the colonial fleet. Shut your mouth. Searching out, trying to find a man who had real blood. In his main vein. Shut your fracking mouth. Fuck. She came up to me once. Like a dog in heat. I can smell it. Oh. smell it. She smells it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. What a fucking scene, dude. dude. What a scene. Oh it's so God. good. <laughs> so fucking intense. Yeah. Christ. That fucking like... <laughs> it's that noise you make when you know somebody's about to do something to you that's going to really hurt. In this case, kill you. <laughs> right? Fuck, it totally reminds man. me of that. Like, have you ever done like a stupid thing with your friend? You're like, no, no, just fucking shock me or just burn me. And you're like, all right, because you know it's coming. It's like you're just an anticipatory growl. Yes. Just, it's gonna fucking yeah, suck. Yeah, it reminds me of. Except, you know, this one's gonna blow his brains out. But dude, how good is salt? I hear is like, fuck you ain't. I'm sorry, Bill. This one time, I can't help you. <laughs> oh, you ain't got the fracking guts yeah. to do it yourself. Yep. He was in here just peacefully getting sauced on his own. Oh, and shit. Bill fucking comes in like this. God damn Guns it. Guns blazing. Can, can our boy Saul just get a minute? Give me a Fuck. minute, kid. You come in here and make me kill you, son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, it's such a great fucking scene. Dude, in the though. lead up to it, so oh, give me your side. I'm leave it loaded. I was like, oh, Jesus. Oh. People are brawling in the fucking hallway as he walks by them. That dude i love that whole shot like we've never ever seen the morale solo mm-hmm. just so, it's just fucking chaos in there and he's walking right past it and there's there's even a, it took me a couple watches to spot it but as he's walking up to uh, saul's quarters there's even a couple of officers who are standing there looking at the fight breaking out and then looking to him and just watching him walk yeah, by dude. in shock like like what the or, wait well, he's not gonna say or do anything nope yeah, oh, it's so good. I mean, the whole, uh, it's just such a great visual way of display. That's what I could talk about with this episode being so cinematic. Like, there's such a good, like, visual language in this episode. Right. Like, to show, you know, I, I think a lot of, you know, in other ep- other episodes directed by other people, we might just have a time where we see, you know, uh, Bill standing there, you know, over, over D, and then, you know, gripping his own pistol, and then we cut to the inside of Saul's quarters as he bangs on the door, and there he yep. is. But this episode takes the time to show us him, to sh- let us see him walking through the ship and see like everything's gone to hell. Like people are, people are destroyed by this news. And, and that makes sense. Like that's, that's something that, that is very believable. 
And to see how broken Bill is by walking through it and and making not even the slightest note mm-hmm. of it, that he just doesn't care anymore. He is, he's marching to, <laughs> I think, who said it? Somebody said it in the listener comments, said it perfectly. Oh my God, I want to give them credit. I think it was, was it Tommy? It might've been our boy, Tommy. Um, T-Dog, <laughs> I think. <laughs> but uh, d- uh, d- suicide by best friend. <laughs> That's <laughs> what he was doing. Yeah, yeah, Tommy T Dog said that. He was on his way to commit suicide by best friend. <laughs> Dude, that is fucking shit. funny. Oh, it's so good. But it's so fucking true. Like that is his sole reason. He knew and he knew to twist that knife about Helen or about Ellen. Uh that that would be the thing that makes him stand up. And boy, how telling it is. Like I love that he comes in here and is immediately like, sit down, Cylon, like, you know, mm-hmm. is treating him like shit as if he's, as if he's something other now, he's but at the same him. time, he, well, yeah, but like he's treating him like he's, he, like he's a Cylon, like he's nothing to him, but he's also at the same time showing how much Saul is to him by coming to his quarters, by insulting him in the ways that he knows are most painful directly to him, his best friend and trying to get, his best friend in the world to kill him. The one person he would trust to like do that. I'm like, what you're doing is actually so intimate and so close. Like it is something between very two trusted friends, but you're trying to act like he's a Cylon and he's not who you think he is anymore, which is like, it's obviously bullshit. You still know exactly who he is. You know how to piss him off even. Yeah, man. Uh, it's just, uh, it's such a great scene. It says so much. Uh, about yeah. the both of them about the depth of their relationship man like it doesn't fucking it, it's a perfect example of how much it doesn't matter that Saul's a Cylon right it's like who cares like you still know each other so fucking well totally totally uh, what in that happened? story he tells about the fucking foxes it's so good yeah you know I'm yeah. glad you brought up the walkthrough because the final scene in the episode after he gets the pep talk from Ty which is awesome when we yeah. see him walk through, we actually follow Bill as he walks through a corridor and into the CIC. We've never seen this journey before. No, I was thinking Pretty that too. Cool, I, was, I, was, right? boy, I was like, I don't think I've seen the camera go like through the hallway, all down and then into on the CIC. into the CIC. I'm like, man, I don't think I've seen that any before. Me neither. It looked and, fucking yeah. cool, man. So awesome. Looks really cool. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so cool. what an episode. Uh, what do you think of... Um, there's also, you know, of course, Adama's speech at the end, which is like, we're going to find another home. I like it. And I like that. I like him bringing it back. He's got that. He's a good, he's a, he's inspirational, man. And it might be yeah. just what Rosalind I mean, needs to hear because Rosalind is in a fucking hole. We traded one nuked planet yeah. for another, you know? <laughs> yeah. I would say she's uh, on the old nihilism train right now. Like, that's it. Like, fuck this. Uh, but yeah. yeah. No, I mean... And it's a great moment too. It would earlier in the episode when when uh, Lee is trying to get Rosalind to talk to the quorum, and she just turns, right. and walks away from him, and uh, Bill walks up to him, just like, "Hey, carry the ball." Like she's not going to do it right now. That is that is over. Yeah. Um, and, and to be Lee, honest, you know, dude, he's trying to step up in this one. He's trying. He doesn't get to do much, but you know that he's bearing the weight of like he's like trying to keep it together. I mean, D, he just had this great oh, yeah. night with D, and now he's she's like blows her brains out. That's got to be a old bummer for the self-esteem. <laughs> like you're such, <laughs> like you're such a fucking bore. She shot herself. Was my kiss that bad? Yeah. Oh <sighs> fuck. No, I mean, I honestly, I came out of this episode. I mean, I, I feel like this is something I've been saying a lot lately in the past, you know, ten or so episodes as we've been going. That I, I'm honestly just respecting Lee more and more. Like the man is bearing 
yeah, was the brunt too. of almost everything at this point. Like, I mean, we we have seen, you know, Bill collapsing and Lee being the one to pick him back up and Lee stepping into the position of the presidency in a time of crisis and and just embracing it. I mean, and it's it's obviously hard on him, but he's still fucking doing it. And I mean, even in that moment we were talking about earlier when when Bill, you know, says, I don't fracking know why she would, you know, kill herself. And he pulls out that bottle of whiskey and immediately tries to hand it to Lee. And Lee's like, no. And then he keeps drinking and goes on down yeah. to a drunkenly yep. try and get Saul to kill him. And it's like, dude, Lee is Lee is fucking solid. He really is. Um, yes. And I, I fucking respect him a lot for that. Uh, such yeah. a rough fucking go of it, though. But oh, dude, episode, also, we didn't but, talk but about good and interesting. Oh, oh, yeah, great episode. I mean, I think this, I want to be very clear. I think this episode's fantastic. Um, so damn good. Uh, I again, I'm still racking my brain up to this point of like, why don't people like this season? <laughs> I'm not. I'm still not getting it. Like so far, I think it's really fucking good. Really fucking good. Yeah. Um, I'm not seeing the problem. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I, yeah. And I, especially, I'm I like what you're saying. I'm, I'm like surprised. I'm surprised that people could could come away with the revelations specifically from this episode and be like, oh, I hate that. <laughs> I'm like, I think it's really good. I'm super intrigued. Ah, whatever. Yeah. It's awesome, man. There's there's a there's a lot of great listener comments this week, Matthew. So many. A lot yeah. of great listener questions. Um, a bunch of them are for you. <laughs> I know. I so feel oh, me, I feel so unarmed, but let's go for it. Um, so <laughs> let me see here. Uh, you guys talked on. La- so Ben says. You talked about it on the last episode, which Disney felt more like an ending. However, since the episode was the last one written and filmed before the writer's strike, how would you feel if it was the final episode? We already discussed that. Wait a minute. Yeah, we talked about no, that I think on, he's talking about on last this week's be- episode. Well, yeah, I think, well, no, no, oh, we talked about what if last week's episode was the final one, but he's asking if this one was the final one. Oh, no, how I don't think that would suffice for me. Yeah. Too many unanswered you, you questions. Be, yeah. Too many unanswered I, questions. There's, yeah, there's just too many. There's a, there's just too many. I, I agree at the end of the day. Um, I could now that all that aside, all of the unanswered questions aside, I would be okay. I like, I wouldn't be disheartened, I guess, if the series ended with earth being destroyed and bill saying, so be it, we will, you know, soldier on and find a new home. Like if that, if that in and of itself, that kind of the scene was part of the ending, I'd be okay with that. But with all the fucking unanswered questions about the silence, I'm like, no, 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 I need, I need answers. Yeah. And (laughs) it's not even like, it's not even unanswered questions because sometimes questions won't be answered and you can do that in a way that makes sense. Unlike the happening, because what you can do is you can set it up to where it's not even just that there's unanswered questions. There's utterly ignored questions. There's unanswered questions. And then there's completely ignored, like, like things you've set up, but a couple other questions, Matthew, um, he, Day, Daniel Mertz asked what you thought about Starbuck and what she was. I think you've kind of talked a lot about that. He also yeah. asked if you'd oh, blow your, if blow your brains out. And I think we both said we wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I think that is, I think the whole thing with D is, you know, for one, and I, and I hope it doesn't come off like I'm judging D like I'm not like, I feel, no, I, I feel nothing not. but like, like pain for her. That's just so fucking sad. Like that was, that was the last hope that she was holding on to the last one she had. And, and it, it was like literally the final straw that she was holding in her hand, snapped, and that was that. And I get it. Like, it makes logical sense to me, even though I disagree with it. Um, but I'm just the kind of person, I don't know what it says about me, but I, I've been this way for a long time where I'm like, yeah, there's no like objective meaning to anything. Like, there, you're not going to find, there's not going to be this one thing out there that once you get there, ah, it's the answer. And now, now everything all makes sense and you're happy and done. I'm like, no, that doesn't exist. You're not going to find that. Um, you just need to, I like, think, I think keep, that 
I think the I think the answer lies in the question. Right. You want to get right. philosophical, bitch? <laughs> in the words of Immanuel Kant? <laughs> I think the answer lies in the question. I think I think because that's the truth, then we have to recognize that as the truth and just try to exist with each other and and be good people. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Um, but without going off on that fucking tangent, some more questions for you. Um, Jackie asked, do you think this is the end of the line for Rosalind? Do we have a de-situation with her? She's been utterly broken, rejected the presidency, burned her stuff, rejected Bill. What do you think? Uh, I, I'll say this, Jackie. I think it is the end of the Rosalind presidency. I don't think it's the end of Rosalind. I think, I think Rosalind doesn't kill herself. I don't think she's that person. But I, I actually think she might essentially abdicate the presidency and think that like, yeah, Lee, this is for you. Or, or, you know, or they hold a new election or fucking whatever. I don't want to get into the fucking, you know, splitting the hairs of it. But I think she's done with leadership um, in this in this way. And I don't know. I don't know what else to say about that. Like, I don't know what she's going to do next. But I, I could see her just wanting to be like, I'm done. Like, I I don't want to continue on. I don't want to try and, and, and push. I mean, maybe I'm completely fucking wrong. But that's where I'm thinking it's going to go. I think she wants to step back from that place. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe she teaches again or something. I'm like, I feel like, I feel like she's in such a lot. I think she is. I think Jackie's right in the sense of like, she is damn close to where D is. And I think she needs to like, you know, step back and, and take away the pressure of leadership at this point and answering all the questions and, and answering to the quorum and being, you know, figuring out her next reason to, to stay alive. Sure. Uh, Tommy Brinkley, good, good answer. Tommy Brinkley posed some, some sort of prompting questions by saying, it's a study of what happens when a person's faith goes unrewarded or what might occur once someone has lost hope. Do they fight, run, or throw in the towel? That's kind of the premise for the entire episode, right? What's Bill going to do? Yeah. What's Tyrrell going to do? What's Rosalind going to do? What's Ty going to do? I think we know what Ty's going to do. What's, oh, yeah. um, uh, what's, you know, what's everybody going to do? How are they going to respond? We saw what happened to Dee. What's Starbuck going to do? She fucking burns her old body. That's the most gangster shit ever. That, that's yeah, such that a we, we, that's such a Starbuck move. Yeah, she ain't we gonna did, you quit. know we talked about that scene, <laughs> right? We we talked about that scene, but we didn't talk about that aspect of it. Of like, I mean, it's it's a it's a amazing and shocking image. Her watching us watching her burn her own corpse, but also like, what a fucking set of fucking balls! I love <laughs> like it. or like it's it's incredible. Like that, like fuck it. Like I, if this is it, if this is me, so be it. I'm gonna fucking give myself a funeral and 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 soldier on. That's like, that's damn. the whole point of that's almost what I was saying when I was getting cutely, you know, stupidly philosophical with you by saying the answer is in the question almost. She's she's kind of saying, well, fuck it, I'm here. This thing isn't. I'm going to bury yeah. it and move on. Like, what else am I going to do? What else can you? What do? else can you do? And I'm like, I'm I'm kind of with her in that's that awesome. sense. I'm like, yeah. What else are you going to do? Super admirable. Um, Super. Yeah. No, she's bad. He also made a point about the Earth in the flashback of Tyrrell was so colorful versus the drab. Uh, palette that they're shooting with right it's a great point yeah it shows a, a nicer time Super for sure powerful. definitely i mean fruit abundance is is the feeling we get right right a healthy vibrant world yep um yeah good stuff you know there's there's that, a, there's that, a bunch that makes of me questions think, so oh yeah and that that makes me think one thing i want to say real quick of an interesting similarity between the attack uh on the 13th colony on earth uh and the you know what happened on Caprica and the other colonies when they were attacked by the Cylons is that it seems out of nowhere. Like it didn't seem like they were in the midst of a war and get being attacked and fighting. Like everybody, it was a normal day mm-hmm. and everybody was going about their normal lives and then boom. And it just, yeah, man. Oof. 
It's wild. Some more questions. Callum Banbury. After watching this episode, how do you feel about the general lack of human Cylon animosity? Ooh. Um, I like it. Uh, and I actually think it's Me too. it's believable because because yeah. what would be the point? <laughs> like, there's well, no one to blame. Goes, Nobody hears the it, blame. It almost goes back to our opening, which is this idea of this shared feeling, which creates this sort of invisible bond. They're all kind of feeling right. the same right. thing collectively, right? Because they might have each had very different original reasons and aspirations for trying to get to Earth, but they each had the same exact goal of this was the singular place we were trying to get to. We were trying to arrive at you know, with with their yep. own individual hopes for that, what that would mean. And regardless of how different their reasons were, they're all equally destroyed by the reality of it, of like what what's yep. left to them. Yeah. Do you think ah, relations will... Yeah, I think will that's in, uniting. Do you think relations will continue to improve? Um, That I'm less sure of because the, the way the episode ends, we're at, right before Saul has his vision of where he was on, on Earth, you know, 2,000 years ago, uh, his conversation with Deanna seems pretty fruitless as far as like where she's, I mean, she pretty much says she's not going with them. Um, and maybe she's talking about just herself and the other silence are going to go. I don't know. Um, that I'm a little less clear on, Yeah, but from me, I almost took it as more like, she was like, no, we're just going to stay here. Like we're going to explore and try to like uncover answers and just, I want to die here when, you know, she says in the bones with the bones of my ancestors, if Cavill's going to come for us, if he finds earth and kills us here, I want to be on Earth when I die. Yeah, and I think I think they're not going anywhere. So I'm like, well, I don't know how much the relations are going to improve because I don't know if the Scions are coming with them. Uh, maybe some individuals do. Some more good questions. I don't what, know. what could have convinced Leoben that the discoveries on Earth were not part of God's plan, or could Leoben now be realizing that whatever God's plan is, he doesn't want to be part of it? Oh, that's a really good question. Yeah. Who asked that? Uh, this is still Callum Banbury. Oh, still Callum. Oh, damn. Good question, Callum. Yeah, you know. God, I just don't know. Like, it, it it makes me wonder how how clear of an idea he ever had of the plan, or if it was more like a thing he sensed or felt that he knew versus like knowing specific details of like when, where, and why. Like he just mm-hmm. understood that things were cyclical or reoccurring. But I don't know because I mean I, I think what throws him is kind of the same thing that throws uh, me at least uh, with us understanding that that well at least starbuck is not a cylon <laughs> you know like she's not a fucking she's not one of the final five yet here's her corpse and here she is yeah um that's that's pretty massive that really does kind of throw a wrench in the whole thing now i'll admit on my first watch of this when when this happened and we see you know we, it's pretty damn confirmed that this is her corpse but yeah here's starbuck i'm like oh then she's the fifth cylon that's that there we go but then the episode ended and I was like, well, fuck me. I have no idea what she is. Um, and so to me, it makes sense that the biggest wrench in the whole thing, as far as Leoben's view of God's plan, is the nature of, of Carathrace, like what she is. That seems outside of it to him. Or it's at least so, you know, he just doesn't understand it so completely that it's terrifying. <laughs> I like it. But I, I don't, yeah. Oh, man. I, I I feel so stupid with this episode because I'm like, holy shit, this episode introduced so many new mysteries and I'm like, I fucking, I'm clueless. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good questions though. Good stuff. Uh, Marcos Reyes says, if there's going to be, uh, um, Ronald Moore said this about La, um, Dee's death. 
if they're going to get to Earth and Earth is in ashes, that felt like it has to have a huge impact on all these characters. There had to be a cost. There had to be a price somebody paid for that discovery. Not everybody could take that. Not everybody could just say, okay, that didn't work out. Let's go on to next week's episode. So there you go. For sure. Makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Realistic. And I, yeah, I totally agree with him. I think that's a that's a perfect take on this. Like, yeah, some people can soldier on. Some people do. Some people are like, eh, oh, well. And I mean, I think I think even Gaeta is kind of a, a an example of that in this episode of like, I mean, he's kind of shown as like the cynical, bitter, bitter person now. But in a sense, he's also the person who's like, eh, oh, well, on to the next thing. Like, Dude, that he's poor not, bastard had to watch her die. Yeah, it's pretty fucking rough. Pretty rough. Yeah. Um, but but I mean, I do also think as an example of that way of like, he's the person who he might come off as jaded, but in a sense, like he does, it's a coping mechanism, but it works. Like he's not, he doesn't really care too much about Earth not being a thing. He's like, eh, whatever. Like, yeah, it sucks. Mm-hmm. But moving on. But somebody like D who had such optimism and such hope and such faith, that stuff can be destroyed, you know, yeah. pretty spectacularly. Ugh. Yeah, dude, it's um, there we are. It's pretty intense. It's Boy. what what a fucking program. <laughs> what a program. Wow, what a happy, what a happy fucking fucking episode. You know, it's awesome. Oh, it's next week's episode. Matthew is called "A Disquiet Follows My Soul." <laughs> you think it's going to improve Christ. for our heroes? <laughs> is every episode title from here on out a poem by Eric Draven? <laughs> nice one. Fucking hell. Someone take these dreams away and then dead souls after that. (laughs) Fuck. Brutal. So good, but so brutal. Loved it. Good, but brutal. I'm glad you liked it. It was fun. It was fun actually. It was fun entering into uh, some of the uh, intellectual discussions about the the larger plot, as it were. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's still such a mystery. So excited. In two weeks, a disquiet follows my soul. We'll be covering on the Recommission podcast as we continue our inexorable march towards the series finale. And that's it. We'll so catch close. you guys on the flip side. We hope you enjoyed the coverage. And don't forget us to visit us on the web at You guys have a good evening. Goodbye. <laughs>